quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. Guys, we have a new page up on patreon.com and I'll give you the link in just a second and we'll link it to this podcast. I don't know if you've heard of Patreon. I had never heard of it before I started podcasting. I'd never heard of anything about anything that had to do with podcasts. I thought you just recorded and they magically uploaded and that was it. But podcasting takes a lot of work. So patreon.com is a place where you can support us and um, be more involved with us and earn some extras each month and help us provide the best content possible. So please jump on our new page. It's patreon.com slash peace and parenting. Check it out. We'd love your support so much and let us know what you think. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all. For the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard. For the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, we're here again for another episode of the Peace and Parenting podcast. I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you? Doing well. We're going to continue our conversation on self-care today. Yeah, it's very important. I think our first episode on self-care was good and it was very, you know, it wasn't as in-depth as I think I'd like like it to be. So we decided to take a whole nother episode to talk about self-care. And I think for me, I always thought of self-care as like going to yoga, doing meditation, drinking my tea in the backyard by myself, mm-hmm. laying down on my bed when I wanted for <laughs> 10 minutes and closing my eyes, getting sleep and all those things. And those things are very nourishing. And I say, do them as much as you can. But when I really started to think about self-care, those things seemed more like band-aids to me. They seemed more like kind of surface things that you can do and they'll get you through, you know, and they kind of keep you at bay. They keep the big feelings at bay. They keep the feelings kind of tamped down, like not having a tantrum for a child almost. It's like you can exactly you, you can give them a treat and you can give them a back rub and you can, you know, do all kinds of things, but that tantrum's still waiting. And for me, my tantrum always seems to be waiting and it always wants to come out when my kids are misbehaving. What I really started to do is I kept thinking, why am I so upset my child's defying me, for instance? Why is that making me so angry? What is about it is making me so angry that I'm getting to like a red zone where I want to yell and scream and it gets so mad. There's something wrong with me in that. It's not them. It's not that they are doing something wrong and their behavior is so bad and they're making me this way. I'm responsible for my own feelings and my own reactions. And this is my problem because kids are going to be defiant. Kids are going to do the wrong thing. They're going to hit their brother or sister. They're going to tell you no. They're going to sneak out the house. They're going to, you know, <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't even know what's <laughs> going to happen next. I'm just you know, foreshadowing. But <sighs> they're going to do the wrong thing. That's what they're meant to do. But why am I so upset? Why am I getting so ignited? Where is my peace in all of this? And so when I started to really think about that, I began to look more at my childhood and I'd done 10 years of therapy 
and worked on my childhood quite a bit. But there's nothing like having a child yourself that will ignite all kinds of things in you that you didn't even know existed. Didn't know, for sure. Like this. Why are you getting mad your kid's saying no to you? Yes. And so I had to start diving in. And so when my kid would say no to me, I would go to control parenting. I'm taking this away. I'm punishing you with this. I'm giving you a timeout. I'm doing all these things to control your behaviors because your behaviors are igniting me. But what, why? Why am I using control? Because I'm a control freak? Maybe. Because I can't stand the feelings? Definitely, yes. And But why? So I started journaling about this stuff and I started talking to people about it and my friends and my listening partner. And I started really talking about why is it making me so mad? Because in my childhood, I never got to have my feelings. Nobody was ever there for me. Nobody listened. And so when I when I heard those feelings, they not only ignited that for me that I never had it, but I'd also didn't have any experience listening to anybody's feelings. But then I started feeling all this guilt around, you know, and sadness around not having my feelings, but also the idea that I was doing exactly what my parents did. So I was creating the same dynamic that I lived in. So when I got there, when I was able to journal and say, oh, my gosh, me doing all this control parenting is actually putting my kids in the same position where I was, where I never had my feelings listened to. And when I got there and I could really write about it and cry about it and be upset about the way I was treated. And I don't want to this isn't parent shaming. We're not shaming our own parents. And I want to make that very clear because my parents did the very best that they could in the, you know, in what they knew. And they loved me dearly. My parents loved me dearly, but they didn't they really didn't know what they were doing. And so they they just were trying to. They were trying to do what I was trying to do, right? I would, they were trying to tamp down the feelings too. They <laughs> yes. didn't want to have the feelings. And I was trying to tamp down the feelings because they didn't let me have my feelings. and I didn't want to let my kids have their feelings. <laughs> so chaotic. It is. But that to me is self-care. Yeah. That to me is really unnodding what's going on here. Like we can talk about tr- tips and tricks and tools and meditation and yoga and whatever you're into and reading and reading about connective parenting. But we really owe it to ourselves and to our kids for our self-care to be unnodding our own hurts in our childhood and finding out what those are. And I think a lot of us don't even know what they are. Many of us don't remember a lot of our childhood because they've been suppressed. Those memories have been pushed way down because that's kind of a defense mechanism. And it's not normal not to remember your childhood. So if you don't remember your childhood, not that it's not normal, it's probably actually more normal not to remember your childhood. (laughs) That trauma is there. If you don't remember, there's definitely stuff. There's trauma there. Mm -hmm. And that trauma will wreak havoc. It will. And this, I mean... When we recorded the first self-care episode and you were and I came with my list of like my self-care and you came with yours and you were like journaling, talking about my own childhood and my triggers. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you just work out and then (laughs) when we finished recording, I was like, I really like need to think about this because my husband says to me all the time. I give you a three hour break, you work out, you shower, you do everything that you said you wanted to do and you still come back and you're still in the same place you were when you left. I don't get it. Like, how can I help you? And I would always be like, I just need more time. It's just more time. Just give me more time away from the kids. And now Mm -hmm. I'm finally starting to realize like, wait, 
Yeah. It's not really self. I mean, it is self. It is. But it's not fully meeting what I need to be met right now. Yeah. And and for me, two themes always come up and I've gotten there. You know, it's taking me a long time and I'm st- I still work on them all the time. And my two themes are control and perfectionism. And I think because I lived in a chaotic house, you know, I grew up with a very high functioning alcoholic father who is 14 years sober. Thank goodness oh, now. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's a great grandfather. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, but, you know, I grew up, he was a very high functioning alcoholic, which can be very confusing because, you know, he, he does well in his daily life and yet he was raging alcoholic and we never knew what we were going to get. And so I became a control freak because I wanted everything in my household to be controlled. You know, I wanted it. To, I couldn't because it was so chaotic when I grew up. I didn't want it to be chaotic. So I did everything to try to make it not chaotic. And then again, I went deep into I'm going to, you know, run the fundraisers at school. I'm going to throw the best play dates. We're going to be in every activity. I'm driving everybody everywhere all the time. And I was super into doing all this stuff that I never had because I didn't know what a good mom looked like. I didn't know what that was. And so I thought if I just do all these activities and all this stuff, won't I be good? (laughs) (laughs) Poor little baby Michelle in there. (laughs) I know. And then I'm like, oh, I can have I'll have three Christmas trees and the most beautiful Christmas card and then that will everybody will think I'm perfect right but I wasn't I was dying inside I was shutting the door on crying babies at night and and going to bed guilty and crying and not knowing what was happening because we were all lacking the connection piece oh son I I you were the one that said to me when we were doing the six weeks and we were doing some type of listening time and I was like I just my house has to be clean like it must be spotless at all times like at the end of the night Dan has to clean up all the toys and you were like what are you trying to control (laughs) and I really thought about it I'm like I'm trying to control this outside environment because inside and my kids I can't control anything but like I need some type of control or I'm gonna feel crazy yeah and I think that oh god yeah um, I'm going to ask my question. How, oh, ask I was just going to say, like, how do you journal yourself through that? Yeah, I don't even know where to start. Well, I think part of it is um, listening partnerships. I think those are really good. And I think when I do my listening partnerships, I always talk about I always tell on myself. Yeah, like I yelled, I did this. I did that. Or even I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I wanted to like I've been like to a place where I'm like, I wanted to hit her. Mm-hmm. I really did. And like, what is that about? Where am I going? And really being honest with yourself about your feelings. So talking in your listening partnerships. And then when I did my journaling, uh, every time I would get upset, I would journal about when I would have a mishap with the kids and I would mess up, I would journal about it. Mm-hmm. So like today, as me and I, and I'm just saying this is an example. This didn't happen today. But I'd say today, you know, I screamed it as me this is what happened. And I would ask myself, why, why, why? What was it? And then I would, you know, say in my in my journaling, like, what is it about this situation that makes me uncomfortable that I have to go to a place of yelling? How was I treated? How would I have been treated in this situation? And then I would say, like, I wish somebody would have been there for me. I wish somebody would have. And just everything that's coming up for me and just really being honest about how you're feeling about all of that. And always relating it back to your own childhood. So I would journal about every time. And I think a good place to start, and I'm going to, well, let's link some journal stuff here. I'll yeah, mix should. journaling. But I think a good place to start is like, what was really hard about being a kid in your own house? 
you know? Yeah, that's big. That, it's a really big one. What And what were those hard things? You could journal on that for a lot, a lot of days. Mm-hmm. What was really hard? Who was there for you or who wasn't there for you? You know, um, who played with you? And what did that play look like? And I remember really wanting to win with the kids, always wanting to stick to the rules around... Um, you know, the any board game or whatever, and Esme would always want to cheat. And oh, I would get no. so upset. <laughs> I would get so ignited. You can't cheat in Candyland. Oh my gosh. And it would be like this huge deal. And then I'm like, wait, why am I so mad? She's, what do I care if she wins in Candyland? Yeah. Well, because nobody could, you had to play by the rules. Nobody played with us at home. And when they did, it was Pinochle. Which is like, you better get it together if you want to play Pinochle with the adults. (laughs) Or some sort of gin rummy. It was intense. And if you messed up, you were in trouble. And we played to win. And so it was like, I held on to that so tightly. And then I'm thinking to myself when I'm journaling, why do I want to win at Candyland? (laughs) What is going on for you, little lady? You were taught that that was important. And so you like really glommed on to that. So all those sticky things, why I journaled a lot about being late. I was always worried about being late and and my dad never wanted us to be late. And so that was a big journaling thing, too. And finally saying, like, I'm going to guess what? I'm going to be late on purpose tomorrow to school. (laughs) Just to rebel. Yeah. And it's just like and then when I let it go and I was just calm around being late and I was just like, oh, well, today we get to be late. And I'm just waiting around and I'm like, we weren't late. We couldn't even be late. But when I calmed down, everybody just went smoothly. Yeah. So you're the leader of your household. And if you are setting the tone in your household, your self-care should be taking care of all this junk that's in your psyche. And so that you can come and be a good leader because you can't be a good leader if you're constantly ignited by everything your kid does because they are going to continue to do stuff. They're just kids with underdeveloped or not is underdeveloped the word. Their brains aren't fully developed yet. Absolutely. I also think that for me, social media has been so helpful because there's so many like Mm -hmm. inspirational accounts you can follow. And I think social media gets a really bad rap because everybody's comparing and it's like the perfect squares of your life. But I think that there's other ways to use it. And even if you don't want to show all the bad on it, you can still find people on there that like, I mean, even on your page, you post stuff every day that like honestly makes me think. And then it sticks with me all day, you know, or you save it to your collection on Instagram. (laughs) And I sometimes go back and look through. But for me, that has been really helpful to find people that are like self-healing, quote unquote. Mm hmm. Well, those, some of those things are good journaling points too, right? Yeah. Like you see a quote you like or somebody said something you're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to journal about that because that spoke to me, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see stuff like that, then you use that as a good place to journal. Mm-hmm. Your mind knows where your mind wants to go. It wants to go oh, in certain places. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a, an incredible organ and it's going to take you where you need to go. If you just allow it to, if you give yourself space to do that, you can start exploring it. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Social media gets a bad rap. I don't I don't only follow people who have nice quotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I like. <laughs> I follow a little bit of everything. <laughs> Not me. I just follow people who say things where I'm like, oh, yes, that made me feel good. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, so you can be that, right? Yes. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk, 
Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. BiHeart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. My book, Unpunished, is finally here. It is my journey into connected parenting, the idea of perfection and how it nearly took me down as a mom. I give you my best thinking around how to be a connected parent and the insights that I've discovered over the last 12 years of this incredible journey. I'm giving my book away for free, plus shipping and handling. So go to unpunished.com and get yours today. We're shipping domestically and we're also shipping internationally. I think that, and then for me, because I feel like this year has been my biggest year of change, even without, I mean, I haven't even started journaling and stuff, so who knows where I can go, but yeah, um, it was really hard for Dan and I to get pregnant with our first two babies, and then we were very undecided about a third, and we ended up getting pregnant, like, out of the blue, like, not expected, weren't trying, um, but then we miscarried, so it went from like mm. feeling like, oh my gosh, like it was meant to be the universe or yeah. God, whoever decided for us, yeah. to like, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, so then that's, that's the hard. first time. Yeah, it was so horrible, and it brought up yeah. a lot of like weird stuff for me. I didn't even know I had, but we started Those... going to therapy together, and that was like, it just like helped me like learn. I thought we were going like for our marriage, you know, but it was more like. <laughs> I'm actually like learning all this stuff that can help me with parenting, with life, with friendship. Yeah. So I think, I mean, and I think that's the same as journaling, like just exploring anything you can do to like explore what's really going on in your head, what's really triggering you. Yeah. And Dr. Dan Siegel does a lot of stuff on mind work, you know, and yeah. I think his stuff is really good. It's like diving into your own subconscious world. And getting in there and saying, what's going on for me? And Dr. Shafali does a lot of work on that, too. We can link. I don't know who that one is. Who's that? Uh, oh, Dr. Shafali. You'll love her. She's um, she's a therapist and psychologist, and she's Oprah's, she's Oprah's go-to oh. on parenting and on everything. And oh she wrote um, The Conscious Parent, I believe. Oh, maybe We can I link her, that. The Conscious Parent, and she's okay. really good. And The Awakened Family. They're both mm -hmm. really good books. She's lovely, but she's all about, you have to work on yourself. And if you don't, she almost says, don't have kids. Yeah. Because... <laughs> You're not probably equipped to unless you really work on yourself. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was the best parent. I don't know if I was the best candidate to be a parent. I yeah. really don't. I really don't. I, I didn't have the familial makeup to make me a natural parent. I just didn't. This has all come very hard for me. Mm -hmm. Very, very hard. The hardest way you can go to be a decent parent, that's the road I took. You know, like, <laughs> because I was so deep into my own 
messed up childhood that I I I just was following patterns. But yeah, it, it it isn't easy. I don't know if it is for everybody. But if you're here and you have a kid, then you might as well be yeah. out. <laughs> you're in it now. So. I'll do it. <laughs> it's funny how like to adopt a baby or foster, you like go through all this stuff. But to have a baby, it's like sure. Here you well, go. Dog, Take this baby you- home. Yes. If you adopt a dog, they do a house visit. Yes. There's no house visit for infants. I know. Oh, my gosh. You take God knows where. Yeah. Yeah. And training. You have to, you know, most people take their, most people take their kids. Most people who have our kids, most te- people take their pets to dog training. But when do you ever do parent training? Very few people get training for parenting. Mm-hmm. And I'd say if you have the time and if you have the resources, you owe it to yourself to take a parenting course, whether it's with me or whether it's with hand in hand or whether it's with a different instructor, you owe it to your family to invest that time and money because there's so much there to learn and there's so much there to understand about yourself. And you will start to understand it. That's what brought me to this work too is what I didn't really mention is that when I became a certified instructor, you do a 10-month course. And that 10-month course, you meet once a week in a cohort of other parents, and you talk about your childhood. And you talk about how that you do listening time. And I learned you do it once a week for 10 months. That's a lot. That's a lot of diving into your childhood and unraveling what's happening for you. So it was an amazing way to to learn because you really become the client. And so 10 months of being a client on top of the three months I did with my own personal instructor was like, you know, 13 months of this like work on my childhood. So that too brought me, got me moving in this direction that was, you know, monumental really. Yeah. I mean, I've always wondered how like you're so calm and cool. Now, that probably was a huge part of it though, is exploring all that. Yeah, it was, but I'm not that calm all the time. You know, still, that's why I say, I don't think I was necessarily the best candidate to be a mom Yeah. because I didn't, you know, I didn't have good models. My poor, sweet parents, they just didn't know. Yeah. Did you get my text today? I sent you, I was reading my kids this Richard Scary book. It was like how to have manners. And it was like whiny kids are, I can't remember what, but it was like, nobody likes a whiny kid. Don't cry. Nobody can cry baby. I was like, Michelle. (laughs) I do. I like cry babies. (laughs) I was reading the words, but editing as I was reading them, I was like, it's okay to cry. We shouldn't let our feelings (laughs) out. Gemma's writing her own children's book. <laughs> I mean, I'm throwing it away. It's over yeah. now. <laughs> I almost said that to you. I forgot to. I was like, that needs to go in the garbage. They love that stupid book, though. They don't know the real words to it, but they love it. <laughs> oh, sorry. That one's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I just think things were so different. Like when you were raised, when I was raised, even mm. today, I think people still raise that way because that's that's all we know. You know, well, we don't take parenting courses. We don't investigate. We don't do that stuff because no, maybe we think, oh, we our parents just we're parents that's you're supposed to know how yeah I hate to ever say anything bad about my parents because I know that they tried their absolute hardest and I know that like I'm an Enneagram four so I was probably a really hard kid to parent because I'm like all emotions (laughs) yeah if you tell me to do something I'm gonna do the exact opposite and like I know they did their best I love them so much but like I just can't they just didn't know how to parent you that's it and my kids are highly sensitive and like 
the mm-hmm. kindest little like they just have to be loved to death. <laughs> yeah, they all do. They all even the ones that aren't, they all need to be loved to death. Yeah. But if we we got to love ourselves too. Yes. And, and if we love ourselves and and nurture what we didn't get and mourn it, then we can start to let it go because I've started to let go some of that stuff, you know, and especially with my, you know, perfectionism where I wanted everything to look perfect and be perfect and I wanted to be perfect. And so then when I would mess up, it wasn't perfect and I would beat myself up just terribly, but I would do it again the next day because I kept beating myself up because I never took care of it. I never mm-hmm. took care of myself. I never unknotted it. So I felt so guilty and I was in such a bad place that I would go back to yelling. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was looping, just looping, looping, right. looping. And it's more than like a workout can fit, you know? Well, yeah, it did thing. for like a day and then I'd yeah. be yelling again in a day. Yeah. And, you know, and I was still doing all the parenting tools and yet I was still not getting to it until I worked on my childhood, really journaled about it, really thought about my perfectionism and control, which those were my two really big things. Those are two of mine. I probably have a lot more, but... I'm going to start journaling in my phone. We've talked about this before. Whenever she brings out her papers, I'm like, Michelle, (laughs) do it in your phone. Save the earth. I have notebooks and notebooks. Oh my gosh. If you could see what my microphone is on a pile of papers that I printed out. I'm old school. We'll get to you. Okay. I'm going to journal in my phone someday. Maybe my computer. Yeah, that's good. I can't type on the computer. I can only type on my phone. Oh gosh. Gen Xers. All right. Anything else you want to add, Gemma? I don't think so. I think that was so helpful. I'm glad we followed up on that because I really want to hear about the journaling. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Well, we will um, link some things, Dan Siegel and whatnot and um, Dr. Shafali. Yes. And we will hopefully, and um, maybe I'll, um, I'd like to do a little prompts for journaling, a journaling attachment. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay, good. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, definitely. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks for listening.